listening to The Gender Rebels. I'm Kathleen, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Gender Rebels is a question and answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. A big thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Hey Faith, we've got a listener question. Yay! Yay! This one comes from Lee. Thanks Lee. Hey Lee. I'm a non-binary person in their late 30s who only just recently learned that neither is a gender option. And with hindsight, identified this is a probable cause for my lifelong gender discomfort. Lee says, I had an idea of what binary transness meant and I knew it wasn't that, so I figured I must be the other thing. The non-binary transness. So Lee's question is for me. What does it feel like to be cis? Yeah, that's a good question because I don't know what it feels like to be cis. Well, it's... What does it feel like to be trans? Um, well, I can actually describe that in words. I can put that in words. Um, it's basically like being cis, except that (laughs) you add on a delicious creamy layer of, uh, dissatisfaction with your gender and a longing for a better gender. Okay. And so you, yeah, just add that smack of unhappiness and that sort of obsession with, um, you know, being the right gender. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so otherwise it's just like cis, just that creamy, creamy layer of pure, creamy dysphoric goodness. So that's the thing. Like it's, it's, and when I first got Lee's question and I responded to Lee, I was like, I'm not sure if you meant that as a joke, but I'm going to try to answer it because it's kind of interesting because like, what does it feel like to be gay? Well, what does it feel like to be straight? I saw a dialogue online once that someone asked a dwarf, what does it feel like to be a dwarf? And the guy was like, I don't know, man, what does it feel like to not be a dwarf? Like, I used, I used to think about this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I grew up kind of army family, so we were moving around constantly. So yeah. I never got to live in the same place. I never got to go to school for more than a couple years. And I never had friends for more than a couple years. Yeah. Uh, it, I, whereas I was, was like, oh my God, what, what, what is it like to just live in one town forever and have your cousins be there and your grandma's there and yeah. your friends who you've known since kindergarten? And then I remember having someone ask me, like, you know, who had been in that situation, like, wow, what's it like to move around? And I'm like, I don't know. What's so- it like to stay? Like, it's, it's, each of us have a, has a, a unique experience. We have right. a unique way of looking at the world. Right. Um, and the universe that, that really hasn't been seen ever mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I could ask, what's it like to be Kath? What's it like to be Lee? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. What's it like to be me? Uh, yeah. Get, we get philosophical. If you guys are... If you guys are tuned in for Gender Rebels this week, sorry, we're doing Philosophy Rebels. Yes, yes. Gender Philosophy. Yeah. With the Gender Rebels. Well, so, okay. So I feel like probably the best way to answer the question is to sort of start out talking about what it's not like. Like, how it's different from what I understand the trans or non-binary experiences. And I feel like that might kind of get us kind of close to what it is, what cis is. And I think it's like, like you're saying, the kids who never moved around a lot. Yeah. Probably um, rich kids versus poor kids, white people versus black people, males versus females. Like you just live your experience, but you learn from those other people how things are probably different for yeah. them and that's when you get to start to see what's what it's like i think i, I think a way i might describe being cis do you like how i'm describing sure cis? answer the question is um <laughs> not being full not being 
hungry, but just not even noticing that your stomach is, is, is totally fine. That point where you're like, I'm not hungry. I'm just fine. So it's the absence of desire or unhappiness or sensation. Yeah. It's the absence of need. Or in this case, probably more like the absence of stress or confusion or fear of family abandoning you. Yeah. Fear of reprisal. Fear of never looking the way that you, you wish you looked. That's... My life is absent those stresses. Yes. I never had to worry about being mammed or surred in the wrong way. Although, like, the one or two times it happened to me, it did bother me a lot. When were you surred? I was trying to get quotes on a 3D printer from India, and they, I think they just assumed I was a sir, and they kept calling me sir, and they were, like, really, really polite. So it was sir all over the place. Because your voice wasn't... Your voice I wasn't on the phone. Deep, this was just email. Oh, it was email. Yeah. Kathleen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, don't know. I love when people email me and I can't, I can't determine their gender from their <laughs> name, and I have to be like, because I can't be like, dear Ms. dear Mister. I have to be like, dear Steve or something. Right. And when they, and when it's like, and you can't, sometimes you can't tell if it's a last name or a first name. Oh gosh, like, that's when I just use both. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. So in general, I haven't had, I haven't been the recipient of people's confusion in that way. And that's nice. That is one less source of stress. I never had to worry about family rejection for this reason, getting fired for this reason. I never had to worry about, I feel like this is a huge stressor, um, worrying about the money involved Yeah, in a lot of things that are necessary in transition. Um, doctors being anything less than professional, I never had to worry about that. On the other hand... If I'm going to try to hazard a guess from my cis point of view of some of the things I missed out on, I missed out on a a deeper understanding, a lived understanding of how our culture regards gender. Mm -hmm. I just, I just fell into one of the predetermined slots, which is great for me. It made my life a lot easier, but is, you know... Then there's stuff I don't have to worry about, so I don't have to think about. So I lack a lot of the insight yeah, and the wisdom and the life experience that you and a lot of our listeners have. Now, that isn't particularly pleasant that That's, you have yeah, I was to about have to, I was that. about to equate that to like, yeah, I, unlike a cancer patient, I lack, yes. an, I lack an in-depth understanding of really how hospitals work. Yes. I, I've <laughs> never puked from a chemotherapy session. And so there's some knowledge there. There's some, there's some lived, lived experience there. Now, you know, people don't, don't tweet at us that, that Faith just compared being transgender to having cancer. Don't tweet at us. You know what she meant. Be cool. There's there's a struggle. There is a triumph. There is something you've overcome. You've learned bad things about some people and great things about other people who either supported you or, or were fuckers. I don't have that. I'm kind of glad I don't have that. I mean, yeah. that, that level of naivete is is worth the absence of stress that uh, is the quote-unquote price yeah, okay, I've had so, to pay for that. So basically, yeah, we've gotten this far and we've come up with being trans sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So being, being cis, cis is like not um, shitty. It's really not shitty at yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty much what it boils down to is there is information. There is, there is 
stuff that would be good to know, but without having lived it. Yeah. And on some level experienced what is very real trauma of having lived it, then I will never know those things. I, a hundred times while recording this show, I've asked you, what are the things I've done wrong? What are the things I shouldn't have said? Yeah. What are the bad ways? What are the unsupportive ways? Um, I make those mistakes because I'm not in it. Yeah. And uh, I wish I didn't make those mistakes. I guess that's all I have on that. I don't know. Um, What it's like to be cis. You know what it is? Here's the huge, big, fat, ugly privilege that goes along with cis. I get to choose whether or not I want to know about what's involved in being a trans person, the struggle of the trans person, the difficulties. That's up to me if I want to know that. Most cis people don't have to, don't want to, and don't. They never have to. And trans people must be acutely aware, not only of the trans experience, but of the cis experience, because that's the bulk of the people you'll be dealing with. You have to be able to try to translate what you're thinking into the language that cis people have invented. You have to try to convince your cisgender doctors or your cisgender parents or your cisgender coworkers that this is a normal thing. That's on you. You have been put in an unenviable and unfair position of having to teach everyone. I don't have to teach everyone about why my gender is the way it is. Yeah. I have a podcast for that. You do? So, yeah. Oh, I like podcasts. Oh, it's genderrevels.com. Check us out sometime. I've heard of them. You know, yeah. I didn't... If you've never listened to one of our episodes. There's one. I listened to one and I just didn't like it very much. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> Lee, this is a hard question and illuminating. I think it says a lot about what the group in power doesn't know about the group that might be subject to their power. Yeah. I didn't... And... You know, we I I identified what I called gender flux mm-hmm. for a number of years, uh, and that was kind of sort of non-binary, but it was more like I would be male, present male sometimes, present female sometimes. That's how I saw it. But I wasn't even fully non-binary because I knew in my heart that I that I was trans, and mm-hmm. and so even I don't, even I, someone who lived a non-binary style life, doesn't know what it's really like to mm-hmm. be non-binary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would love to hear from you or from our other non-binary listeners. What's it like to be non-binary? What does that feel like? Cause also, we be, have a couple episodes yeah. with Avery that, that go into that a little bit. Yeah, that must be really tricky because I can imagine being like, okay, well, well, trans. I must be trans because I don't feel right in this one gender, so I right. must be trans. But then you have to like double realize yes. <laughs> that yes. I'm not only cis, I'm, not only, I'm neither cis nor trans. I am non-binary. And some people might choose to identify non-binary and trans but um just using those as different terms yeah um so yeah we don't i don't i don't know what it's like to be cis either Lee mm-hmm. and kath does but she mm-hmm. doesn't know what it's like to be trans and neither of us knows what it's like to be non-binary and i don't know what it's like to not be able to walk and the thing is like it's partly a failing of language it's partly how we're limited in our language but it's also even if we had the perfect language that was perfectly clear to everyone else and unambiguous in its definitions, it's still a lived experience thing. You yeah. can never really, never really know. There's a, a question that was posed to us in uh, neurophilosophy of uh, the, 
the world's leading researcher in color perception and vision, is a colorblind woman. Does she know what it is to see red? She doesn't. She knows all the facts about everything we've got about perceiving different hmm. colors, but she's never perceived red. She doesn't know it. Yeah. She can't know it. All we can do is try to help each other out, and the dominant group needs to be receptive to information from other groups. Yeah, we should be. We always should be. And this brings me to another kind of philosophical question I wanted to yes. ask you. Okay. We're getting deep on this episode. This is heavy, guys. We're very hope, deep. Okay. Let's, hope you let's were, figure uh, out our other philosophical question. Yeah. All right. It's more of a thought experiment. Okay. But here is your thought experiment. Faith. When you were growing up and you didn't know transgender was a thing before you saw a picture of RuPaul, your thinking, if I understand correctly, was something along the lines of, something is wrong, but I don't know what it is. I'm not gay, but I I feel an affinity for their struggles Yeah. on some level. I'm just not right somehow. And then you learned about transgender and you saw it. You found transgender role models, and you learned about it, and you did your research, and, and here we are. And trans folk now have words and labels, and they have, like, checklists of what to do if they want to transition, and doctors to talk to, and there's TV shows and podcasts. For a while there, we, as sort of the general mainstream culture, didn't really have a concept of transgender people. Even in the 50s, there was maybe, like, ladyboys or crossdressers or whatever. But there was like a concept of what gay was. Yeah. So people in your position were not sure what was happening and trying to figure it out. I'm thinking about the next thing. Once being transgender has become as mainstream and as boring as being gay is, there's another group out there. There's another disenfranchised minority who can't figure out why they don't quite fit in and don't have the words and maybe yeah. don't even have the concepts. And I'm thinking about those people right now. What would your advice be for them? Or kind of correspondingly, what would you have advised 10-year-old Faith to do to kind of cope with this absence of information? Well... Here's the, we all we have the internet now. We have I the internet. Like, now. I feel like someone. I I don't know that there are any like undiagnosed, mm -hmm. unnamed ideas out there. I feel I like hope everyone. You're right. I feel like everyone would have a website, but let's say it's in the future. Let's yeah. say it's in the future, and it's and it's something with your nanites, you know, or your, yeah. whatever it is that uh, that we don't quite have a language for in the same way that like George Washington wouldn't have been able to really describe the kind of frustration i had the other day when i we went up to beacon new york mm -hmm. and i left my phone at home and that stress that kind of comes with that <laughs> george washington would have no clue about that so that may you know it's possible in the future that some things about humans have always been the same mm -hmm. i'm sure there's always been people with gender dysphoria there's always been oh, people totally. who, who identified who who wanted to be non-binary yeah had the language um I would question if we even have that. And let's say, you know, in the future, there's something different, just something totally different. We can right. re rewrite our DNA from scratch mm -hmm. and we become something else. Um, 
what would I say to that 10 year old who has that kind of itch that they don't know how to scratch because they don't know how to discover other people with that itch. So mm-hmm. they think it's just them. Mm-hmm. And there aren't words. There is no way to describe yeah. it. I mean, I would say, well, first off, let me clarify this. I knew vaguely, I'd heard the phrase sex change operation okay. before, but mm-hmm. I didn't really know what that was. I grew up very evangelical, very tight knit, kind of closed community. Sure. And yeah, it was like, I, I was like 10 or 11 and I saw RuPaul in Parade Magazine. And I was like, oh my God, this is a person who's doing this just because they want to do this. Yeah. And they're not coerced into it. They're yeah. not, there's no contrived thing about someone's dance partner being sick or something you know it's like whatever reason some sitcom would have or some movie you know we're never gonna win the soccer game if unless you play with us or something yeah yeah. something stupid so yeah i I, there were hints there there were just vague hints but I, i didn't really couldn't really until it wasn't really the internet yeah which i was like 15 or 16 i was really able to kind of discover there's other people out there so i would say to 10 year old itch kid (laughs) um dysphoric in some way i mean we have gender dysphoria this would be some sort of other dysphoria yeah we'll call it i will call it nano dysphoria for the purpose of this episode so i would say to the nano dysphoric kid find you're probably not alone people are not as unique as we think we all we are are we all are unique in that like sense that it's our brain and, you know, it's not repeated, but right. our emotions and our challenges and things like that, we're really not unique in that case. We're there's, all kind of dealing with the same programming. And there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. There's people that are weird in the exact same way that you are weird. And I think the internet showed us that. Oh, thanks, internet. <laughs> you know, just the varieties of porn alone. <laughs> um, so we can, we can say, hey, nano kid. You're probably not alone. Yes. You're probably not the only person who feels this this itch. You're not the only nano dysphoric out there. Mm-hmm. Find other people. Log on to the brain sphere or the internet or whatever, mm. and look for others if you can. If not, write down your thoughts, write your feelings, journal, upload them to the mind link or whatever. <laughs> it's the future. Oh, in the future. In the okay. Future. Thank you. Hyper hyper store your your mega thoughts onto the overdrive you know whatever they whatever you do in the future i don't know and keep that journal Mm -hmm. write this down figure that out and and then and look for seek that's what i would say seek 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 yeah seek others like you and you will find them and when i was 14 fit no gosh I, I was born in 1980, which makes it makes my age very easy to just yeah. track. Must be nice. So 80s, it was like 95, 96, and the internet really started to actually kind of exist. Mm. Um, my first time going on the internet was probably 91, 92, mm. and that was like Prodigy or CompuServe or Telnet. That's even so you guys cute. remember Telnet? Did you have to have coal to fuel the engines? Yes, you okay. did. <laughs> you had to, I remember dialing in, as in you had to type in a phone number. Oh my god! Um, and that was on Telnet. And so, yeah, when they were actually first started being like websites um, that you could search on a search engine, that was probably 96, maybe mm-hmm. 95, 96 around then. And I would go and find these websites and just reading people's blogs, you know, back then, I guess they weren't blogs. They were GeoCities websites and homepages and <laughs> stuff like that. But 
just navigating between the hit counters and the and the dancing gifts of sparkles reading what other people wrote was so meaningful to me mm-hmm. you know coming across websites like just with people's thoughts um about their own experience kind of was just this like rich treasure trove like i was this battery who had just finally been connected to power oh. and just was able to just soak in all this information that i before had not really even known existed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just to discover like how many other people were feeling like this how their lives were going was so meaningful mm-hmm. and so i would hope that you know write down your thoughts because that your thoughts may be super important to someone to in the someone future. else yes get yeah your thoughts out there even if they're disorganized or or unfocused or leap from topic to topic get this down because somebody might need to read that yeah and seek seek out others because you are probably not alone you're almost certainly not alone mm-hmm mm-hmm and once you find them, that's that's it. At the, it doesn't solve your problem, but you've got a name. You've got a name and you've got a community and you've got someone you can talk to about this. And, and if there are changes you need to make, there's a path. Or yeah. you can find it. Yeah. yeah. At least others of your kind can help you find that path. And you know both and of us. We're, we're introverts. We're misanthropes. We don't like people. But we can absolutely 100% see the value and importance of finding a community of people like you, especially if you feel very alone for some reason. Yeah. So, yeah, keep seeking. I would Seek. say that to everyone. Keep seeking and, Seek. and, and, and talk to other people. Share your thoughts. Let We love to hear your thoughts. Yes, we do. Write we to do. us. Questions yeah. at genderrebels.com. Well, thanks, Faith. That's well, helpful. Well, good. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this Gender Rebels philosophy lesson. <laughs> uh, if, there, if you have philosophical questions mm-hmm. um, about gender and trans stuff that you would like to share with us, please send them. Mm-hmm. Get in touch. We would love to hear them. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making more great content, go to patreon.com forward slash gender rebels. We have many different levels of support and lots of great rewards, including drinks with the gender rebels at Stonewall. Please leave a five star review on iTunes. That makes it easier for other people to find us and send your questions to questions at gender or find us on Twitter at The Gender Rebels. Music for The Gender Rebels is by Jasper the Colossal. Follow the link down below or download them on iTunes today. And for all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. The Gender Rebels is a comeback sync production copyright 2018. All rights reserved. And to all you gender rebels out there, keep rebelling. Bye. Bye. There's one. I listened to one and I just didn't like it very much. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone. No. You don't have to listen to Trans- It is <laughs> for everyone. Gender Rebels <laughs> is the best podcast ever. All right? Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Name a better podcast. Oh, you can't. You can't. Number one. Number one <laughs> in the world. We're actually number zero. We're like one better than one. Uh, yes. <laughs> So numbers work. <laughs> it's like the absence of numbers. <laughs>